hold hands and close your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Pass. Hello, and Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Luke Law, a companion piece to the Ghost Story Guys, where I would normally share folklore surrounding the stories the main episodes tell, but I'm increasingly going off the rails for folklore-related rampages, and this episode is one of those. If this is a companion piece to any episode, it's another Luke Law, episode 2, The Beast of Jevodan, from nearly a bloody year ago now. I wanted to have a bit of fun with the start of 2020, and I really wanted to do an episode on weird werewolves from around the world. It mostly becomes a huge pile of morsels surrounding werewolves, both mainstream and lesser known. All around the world, where there's both people and there's wolves, there's stories about wolf people. I've tried to find fun ones today, but this typically has negative connotations, and there's one particularly bad one from France. Hungry wolves see humans as a snack, and projecting the hunger of a wolf into a person is often to show that they are a predator of other people. What started this topic off was Tales of the Wolver from Scotland, a creature that was supposed to have never been a human like a lot of werewolves, but had a body like a man's with the head of a wolf. The wolver really stood out to me because they aren't dangerous at all. They were renowned for being friendly and helpful with a knack for fishing, always willing to guide lost travellers back to civilization, and sharing the fish they catch with poor families that have young children, placing the food on empty windowsills when no one was looking so as not to scare anyone within. This feels a little like a furry creature to me, so should you spot one fishing over near the Wolverstein of Shetland, I wouldn't push my luck harassing them for a selfie or demanding they give you a fish. In Latvian folklore, a Vielkarsis was someone who could transform into a monster similar to the idea of a traditional werewolf, although they do have some stories where they're benevolent too. I suppose it comes down to where you're standing when the rampage kicks off. If a werewolf eats your sworn enemies while not so much as nibbling on one of your sheep, you're proud to become a bit pro-werewolf. I did look up the pronunciation for Vielkarsis, but um, sorry to anyone Black Window Center from garbling that one. Hop across the other side of the world, and skinwalkers or skinwalker-like creatures up and down the tribes of the Native Americans could take the form of wolves. It's not a direct match to what we think of, though, when it comes to werewolves, because skinwalkers could usually take on multiple shapes and are outright evil from either curses or malicious intent, often being a closer fitting stories from Europe to that of Satan's servant black magic witches instead of a wild wolf person. I've already dedicated an entire episode to the Beast of Jevodan, so it should be no surprise that France is especially big on werewolves with plenty of accusations of werewolf attacks, up to and including court cases brought against the accused. Possibly the most infamous example of this being the cannibalistic serial killer Gilles Garnier, who would bite and claw children to death in a frenzy with at least four victims between the ages of 9 and 12 years old. In court, he claimed that a spectre came to him in the woods and offered him an ointment to help him hunt better which, when used, would allow him to become a wolf. The courts were unimpressed with this wolf-man-child killer and responded by burning him at the stake for crimes of lycanthropy and witchcraft. Chances are, if, while looking up werewolves, you come across a picture of a bedraggled-looking man on all fours with a child in his mouth, you've come across an old drawing of Gilles Garnier. Yeah, need another nice werewolf after Garnier. And there are more nice werewolves out there. There is Sir Marrock, one of the Arthurian Knights of the Round Table, who first served under Uther Pendragon before King Arthur. They were famous for driving out robbers, witches, warlocks, and wild wolves from Bedgrain, where they went on to become Lord. When riding off to serve King Arthur, he left the wise woman Irma in charge, 
But Irma was loyal to Morgan Le Fay and not the king, so one time, upon Sir Marek's return, she turned him into a wolf to keep control of Bed Green for herself. Sir Marek responds to this new ironic turn as one of the wolves he was known for driving out of Bed Green by spending seven years as a wolf continuing to drive out robbers, witches, warlocks, and other wolves until he gets a chance to destroy the talisman which had kept him transformed. There's another famous werewolf knight in Bisclavray, a baron of Brittany. Bisclavray was well loved by the king of Brittany, but he had had the peculiar quirk of disappearing for three nights every month. He eventually confessed to his wife that he was a werewolf, and one secret of this curse was that he had to return to his clothes, or else he would be trapped as a wolf. His wife immediately decided she hated the idea of laying down next to a werewolf, and conspired with a knight she began an affair with to steal his clothes, leaving him trapped as a wolf, and easily gotten rid of with no one else knowing the secret. Bisclavray was driven out, being just a wolf to his retainers, and was simply considered missing for a year until the king managed to corner him in his wolf form while on a hunt. Upon seeing the king, the baron in wolf form immediately began genuflicting and kissing the king's foot. Amused by the curious behaviour of this wolf, the king ordered his hounds restrained and took this strange new creature in back to his castle to live with him. Biscalvray the wolf was perfectly behaved and a threat to no one until eventually, one day, the knight his wife conspired with was invited to the capital and upon seeing him, the wolf flew into a rage. Biscalvray the wolf was restrained, the king not understanding why they reacted this way to this one knight alone. Then the wolf spotted his treacherous wife who would travel with this knight going wild and breaking free to charge her and rip her nose clean off her face. A wise man speaks up for the wolf, pointing out that these two must have wronged the wolf for this to happen because it's never hurt anyone else. Upon realising that the attacked woman was the baroness of the missing baron he loved, the king had her tortured until she confessed everything. Biscalvray got his clothes back, returned to human form and now able to reclaim his barony. The wife who betrayed him and her lover were exiled, going on to have children born with no noses. With all these wolf creatures from folklore around the world, there's some talk that these common stories all point towards a proto-Indo-European society which went on to spread these stories as they travelled around the world, and frequent associations with young brutal warriors being wolf-like being a part of this common foundational culture. There is another theory that could suggest how these common themes relate without an ancient common tribe passing down these ideas, though, in Jungian archetypes. A simple take on Jungian archetypes is that they are how humankind is vaguely wired up in the same way on some level, so has common responses to things like death and the dark, even accounting for cultural differences. The wolf is something covered by the concept of Jungian archetypes, and is something which has been discussed regarding them, that what a wolf represents to people has a universal resonance. Let's end this with a roundup of some of the many ways a werewolf can be made. The most famous is almost certainly to become a werewolf after being bitten by one. Could be a bit of a um, rabies um, parable. So, like, don't let the wolf bite you, you will go wild. Uh, wearing a wolf skin, either whole or as a belt, a garter, or other piece of clothing is a pretty common one. Magical salves and ointments abound, whether dropped off by a spectre in the woods or as a DIY spell. While body creme du wolf is apparently the most popular magical method, there are also stories that only require incantations and not oiling up in substances best not thought about in too much detail. You can be directly cursed into a werewolf, your family can be cursed resulting in you being born one, and there's always a pact with the devil if you want to start up a cursed bloodline of your very own. Then there's the weirder ones. 
Eating a wolf's brain can result in lycanthropy, which could be a rabies parallel similar to being bitten, or could also be the wolf cursing you from beyond the grave for being a dick and eating their brains. Drinking water directly from a wolf's paw print is either a bad idea or a great one, depending on your view on werewolves. Livonian werewolves apparently swapped out the ointments for a special beer instead to transform. And according to Russian folklore, children born on the 24th of December can be werewolves, which should make family dinner around Christmas more interesting. And that is all for the first Luke Lore of the year. Sorry if it was a little less focused than usual, but hopefully being packed full of different stories and tidbits of lore more than made up for that. I'd like to give a shout out to the number one werewolf fan I know. Let's call them Beowulf, since I haven't actually checked if they want a shout out in this or not. They do know who they are though, and they gave me a pile of leads to chase up for this one. I was also going to go on a bit of a rant about the big bad wolf, but it had gotten quite long this episode, so I've shelved that one for now, but might come back to that one. I'll be back in a month with another topic. Follow us on Patreon get this early, so check out patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys for that and plenty more cool stuff if you want to support us directly. But listening is plenty of support in and of itself, and it always, always is. Any YouTube listeners, please give us a like and a share. We're heading to a one-year Lucla anniversary in a few short months, and it'd be nice to see the reach grow. I hope everyone enjoys my companion show, and please feel free to reach out to either the show or myself directly via email or social media if you have any questions, feedback, or requests for Luke Law. The show email is ghoststoryguys at gmail.com, and I am Luke Greensmith on both Twitter and Facebook. There's a half-filled tentative forecast planner on Luke Law for 2020, with plenty of free spots to plug a suggested topic into, so come on then and challenge me, listeners. Goodbye for now. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.